My name's Paul Murphy and over the last two decades, one thing has constantly intrigued me. How do we get a consistent flow of targeted traffic to generate incredible profits and at the same time set up processes and systems that remove all the stresses and headaches that come with online marketing? Together, we will discover the unknown strategies that exist right now on how to set up powerful marketing systems that allow us to turn our businesses around fast and give us the power to not live life on someone else's terms that we never signed up for in the first place, but have the lives we always dreamed of. Traffic's the question, and this podcast will give you the solutions. Now, on with today's episode. Hey, what is up, guys? Paul here. So, I hope you're having a good week wherever you are. Um, we're having some nice hot weather. Hasn't been too sunny for the last few days in, in on the South Coast in the UK, but... It is, uh, it's warm. It's very warm. So um, actually, I wanted to talk about something. I'm not sure I've spoke about this on the podcast. And if I have, I've forgotten. But I wanted to, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this and obviously um, give you some insights on what I did wrong, how, how this happened and how this went about and how this actually saved the day. This was, this was the reason that I'm still in business today, right? So back in 2002, I got the keys from my very first office New Year's Eve 2002. Now, some of you guys will have seen my webinars and things like that where I tell a bit of this story, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail here, right? So on New Year's Eve 2001, going into 2002, I'd just been to Staples, which was an office supplier in the UK. I think they've gone now. And I bought loads of desks and and stationery and things like that. And I just, you know, New Year's Eve, I was on the high street, on the corner of the high street in Colchester, where I used to live, where I grew up. And um, in that office, I had um, it was it was it was a bare office. It was really cheap. It was basically had no windows, right? So it was kind of it did have a door onto a little balcony, which wasn't an official official balcony because it was kind of a bit of rooftop, and you weren't really supposed to go out there. But I'd open that for a bit of daylight, and uh, yeah, and, and opposite this office, I was on the top floor, but opposite was a Yates, which is a pub, like a really lively pub chain in the UK, and. Uh, it's very. It's a, quite a young orientated pub chain. Anyway, it was really busy, really packed, like everyone partying. And it was the first New Year's Eve. I can remember thinking, "No way am I, you know, missing out here." This is. I'm not. You know, normally I'd want to be over there partying, especially you know when I was that age. You know, when I was thirty, I was always out. You know, I was out a lot. But I, I, you know, I didn't feel that. I just felt more excited about the prospects of starting my new business and the excitement. And when I originally put up my website to be a wedding planner, um, obviously it took about three months to get ranked. And I only had a finite amount of money when I started this off. And when I first got this office, I mean, at the time you had to have a business telephone and BT, which was the company in the UK um, that would set up these business lines for offices, really ripped you off, right? Like I got this massive bill. It was really expensive. And I don't know how this happened because I had, I literally had £7,000. That was all I had in my pocket to start this business and get it off the ground. And obviously, for some reason, um, obviously, everybody was after me for money. Like, I just got found out. I think it was because I registered a company, right? And when you register a company, you appear on all these databases and everyone's emailing you and everyone's trying to get hold of you. And, um, and I was a sucker, right? I was buying things that I thought I needed because I was told I needed them and... And my money started to run out like super, super fast. 
And we had to be inventive. We had to think, I had to, well, I say we, but because um, there's a friend of mine involved here, but he wasn't involved in my business. But I, I had to be inventive. I had to think of ideas to, you know, to stop going bankrupt. And I think after, th- it, was about, it was about two, three months that I actually borrowed some money off my mum. And my mum didn't have very much money at all, but she'd had a little bit of money from the proceeds of the sale of a house. Um, and she lent me £3,000. Right. So and then that we then I burnt through that really quickly. And I was kind of like doing all these different things. And um, what happened was, is that I was a buddy of mine called Sean. And I'm, I'm a bit of a cinema buff. I love going to the cinema. And um, I had one of these passes where you could go multiple times in a month for one fee, you know, like a bit like Netflix, that sort of thing. But for cinemas and um, and me and my buddy would go like once or twice a week. And we there wasn't a decent cinema at the time in Colchester because the one that we had had shut down. So we used to drive up to Ipswich and on this drive, it was about 12 miles. So it took us about 15, 20 minutes to get to Ipswich and then we'd go and watch a film and then we'd have 15, 20 minutes on the way home. And uh, we'd do this like two or three times a week and uh, go and see all the latest movies because, you know, just love watching new films. Anyway, we come up with these ideas. I was like, I've got, to, you know, I've got to think of something because I'm going to lose everything. And uh, we, we, because we, the dot com, the dot com boom had already happened by 2002 but it was obviously still very young for people to get started on business. So there was still a lot of opportunities, still lots of things that people, you know, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of opportunity now. But what I mean was, is that there was a kind of, uh, there was an attitude towards the internet, like it was all done. I remember like asking all my friends to go into business with me and they all refused. They were like, no, no, the, the internet's over. <laughs> you know, like that was in 2002. So, so there was a sense of that, but there was also like you could buy dot coms. You could buy like what I should have done at the time was bought paulmurphy.com. That's now owned by a, an art director. And when I look at the date that he bought that, I could have got that because he got it after I started my business, right? So I could have got it in 2002, but I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it like that, right? Um, but what we did was we were driving home one night from the cinema and we said, look, wouldn't it be really cool if we could think of like things that people mistype into Google? So, um, so yeah, so we were doing like Google with as many O's as you could think of, .com, and the one in the UK is .co.uk. So we were doing the .coms and the .co.uk's and all the others. I think .org and .net might have existed, but we weren't really thinking about those, right? We were just thinking .com or .co.uk. And all of those were gone. And then we tried Amazon. Amazon was a big company then. I mean, it's not as big as it was now, but it was still a very well-known company that sold books online. So we thought Amazon with an S would be good, a good idea, instead of a Z, because some people might type that. So we tried that, and that was gone. And then we, we kept trying all these different things. We sat in my office for two hours until about midnight, and then we, we nailed one, right? We got one. And the one we got was yahoo.co.uk, right? But with an R. So spell Y-A-R-H-O-O.co.uk, right? So we thought we were really excited about this because obviously this cost us like three bucks or three pound or whatever it was, right? And we had this domain. It was ours. We got it. And we were like, whoa. And then we were like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> you know, what do we do with this thing? Because we didn't have a business. And at this time, I was still trying to figure out how to be a wedding planner, even though I was kind of making up my mind that I wasn't going to do it, right? Um, and, you know, again, at this, at this point, uh, my my websites weren't ranking on Google, so they did take three months. So we weren't quite there yet. I think there were some listings coming up, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a kind of clear business solution to save the day. So we thought, right, what can we do? So we just thought, okay, well, how are we going to get money out of this website? So this is what we did, right? And I don't recommend doing this, <laughs> but we thought, 
if we put a wishing well on this website, a picture of a wishing well, someone can click the wishing well, donate as much as they like and make a wish, right? And obviously, we put a massive disclaimer on there. And we tried to make it comical because there was a lot of websites were very comical back then. The internet was kind of a bit of a fun place in a lot of ways. So we tried to make it appeal to people in a fun way, right? So we were kind of like saying, okay, so this disclaimer was, we promise you that nothing will happen within 30 days. If nothing does not happen in 30 days, then you are entitled to a full unequivocal refund, <laughs> you know, something like this. And we just thought it was really funny, right? And um, nobody donated any money. <laughs> one person donated one cent and sent a, quite a very funny email in saying, I've donated one cent and I expect nothing to happen. If nothing doesn't happen, then I am coming after you. <laughs> something like that. It was quite funny. Um, but obviously it didn't work. But one thing that did happen was that we were getting 10,000 hits a day, right? Because we had this global tracker thing that we put on. This is the only way we could find out this thing. Now, it was like a little black globe that you put at the bottom of your page, right? And anyone could click it, but most people ignored it because they didn't know what it was. And then it, when you opened it up, it told you all the traffic, it told you how much traffic, where it was coming from, the IP addresses and everything, right? I don't even think that's legal anymore, but that's what it did, right? So so we were getting 10,000 hits for a UK Yahoo domain for misspellings. So we was like, okay, so what do we do with this, right? Now, obviously, I want to always want to give you some sort of story so that there's some sort of, you know, like, what are you going to get out of this? What are you going to learn from this, right? So the thing you're going to learn from this is do not do this. Right? Do not do this under any circumstances. Because um, what I actually did here was I um, I went and um, I went and um, decided that we were going to mimic the search engine on Yahoo. Now, I can't remember how we did this if we got a coder. I think we did it ourselves. I think we figured it out using a bit of software called Microsoft Front Page. Now, when I, because I can't remember how we did it, I thinking back, it looked pretty impressive. We didn't steal the logo exactly, but we did use the colors. We put Yahoo in a red box, right, with the red and yellow colors that they were using at the time. The search engine looked very, very similar to Yahoo search engine, right? And then what we did was we would just serve up pages from my website, from my wedding website. So no matter what search they put in, they'd put in, they'd, they'd get, get up listings. Then, so there wouldn't have been plugins back then. So I have no idea, you know, like you get on WordPress. I have no idea how we did this, but we did it and it looked pretty good, right? It took us a while to do it. You know, we were just dabbling with it and playing with it. So we did it, right? And, uh, and then what we did is we put a little link at the bottom like they did on Yahoo and put advertise, and then we just basically funnel hacked the way that they advertise, right? And offered people like a flat fee to advertise on our site. And somebody emailed us and inquired about it and then emailed back and said, oh, sorry, I realise you're not the people I was expecting. Um, so we never got any advertising. So it didn't work. Um, but, but this is what we did, right? And, and you fast forward a couple of weeks and we're still waiting for people to advertise. And it wasn't really working. So we were thinking like, what else can we do with this, right? But then I got a massive, massive lawsuit from Yahoo, right? as, you can, as you can imagine, because I was copying their website, I was copying all their words and everything. And, and you might think I got scared. You might think I got like completely overwhelmed, but I was skint, right? I had nothing. And my company was registered, so they could only sue my company, right? So I was nothing I could do. There's nothing really they could do except just 
like bankrupt my company because I didn't have any money anyway. So I wasn't massively scared because I sort of knew the law. But I did go and see, uh, we have a free legal advice service in the UK called Citizens Advice Bureau. And I went in and I was like, okay, so, you know, this is David and Goliath here. Uh, you know, do I have a leg to stand on? Because I heard about the girl that had bought HarryPotter.com and she'd done a really amazing fan website. And then Warner Brothers had tried to sue her, right? And then JK Rowling had stepped in and said, no, she bought the domain. That's her website. She's not trying to rip us off. It's a fan site. She deserves to have it. And Warner Brothers quickly retracted and said, okay, yeah, no, that's cool. We don't want the lawsuit. We don't want to upset people. And then it was all it was all dealt with. And <laughs> and I can remember the, the woman at Citizen Vice looking at me in the eye and saying, um, I don't quite think this is the same thing, is it, where you're trying to rip off a big internet company? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, so, yeah, so obviously we took the website down straight away. It wasn't making any money anyway. And this thing that they'd sent me, like it was an A4, right? It was an A4 document that they'd actually binded. So it was like a massive booklet. And they'd highlighted every single breach we'd ever done throughout this book. There was like hundreds of these things. And I must have lost it in a move because I was trying to find it when I moved, when I did one of my last moves and I couldn't find it. So I must have either thrown it away or lost it or whatever. But I wish I had it. It's really fascinating. Um, and obviously, we've got cease and desist letters and everything else. So anyway, I then took it upon myself to email the company because they wanted me to hand over the domain or they were going to sue me for all these things, right? So they weren't actually taking me to court at this stage. They just wanted the domain. Um, so I then obviously thought, well, I'm skin. I need some money here, right? So I then contacted them, okay? And I actually have signed something that says I can't disclose what they gave me, right? So I can't tell you the amount, right? I've actually got that signed. They could sue me if I ever revealed this, so I can't actually tell you. Um, not that they probably even remember, but I, you know, I would, I cannot actually legally tell you. But the fact is, is that I, um, they, um, I then negotiated with their solicitors. I came up with a fee that I thought was ridiculously high, expecting them to negotiate. They just agreed, literally within about an hour, paid it to my account, took the domain, and that was that. <laughs> you know, it was like obviously there was a little bit of work to do to transfer the domain, but that was pretty much it, right? They, they literally paid me this massive sum of money. Well, it was massive to me at the time without blinking an eye, right? And if I hadn't have offered that, I would have obviously just turned over the domain, which I know a lot of people would have done. So, you know, you can all, you know, there's always, always something to look at. You can always negotiate, especially, you know, if you're, you know, if you, if you did something like that, right, you could actually reach out and find out if it's worth negotiating. So I suppose there is a slight lesson in that. Like if somebody does that, you could, see if you can negotiate because there's always a chance in, you know unless there's a court order then it would have to be dealt with in court but there wasn't it they were just you know they were just telling us to hand over the domain so yeah so that's the story of when i bought yahoo.co.uk and that saved the day that gave me another 6 months to a year to run my business and obviously i had to pay sean because he he bought the domain with me so he got half and the other, the half that I got, you know, helped me to um, to save my business. And honestly, it's the only reason I'm sitting here today, because if that had happened, if I, that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had enough money to pay the bills because I was already in debt with my rent, with my with my phone lines and all the bills that were coming with my office. Um, by the, you know, I then started to make a bit of money 
because the next the next paycheck that came in actually was the three hundred dollars that I got from that place in Arizona that I'd sent the traffic to from my web wedding planning site, and that's when I sort of pivoted to that to, to affiliate marketing, and then and then you know duplicating the websites and ranking them. So you know that was kind of when I got off to the races, but obviously I had that buffer, I had that money in the bank, and that was that was really what saved the day, and that you know hence twenty years later, this is why I'm now sitting here. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if you want, I'll, I'll just give you some thoughts on that, right? Like what you can do with your business if you're thinking. So always try and think a little bit outside the box, right? So if there's something not working, something's not happening, think about what do you have? What what asset do you actually have? Because at that stage, I obviously had an asset with traffic, right? So it was going to be valuable to Yahoo because there was 10,000 hits a day and they probably knew that as well. They could probably track that through something, Right. But not only that, you know, if you've got something that's that's of value to someone else, right, then it may not be what's all, you know, you, you think about it, right? It might not actually be what's going on in your business right now. It may just be that when you actually look at your business, you can kind of decipher where the value actually is. And it may not be the things that you expected. And actually, you know, when I, when I ranked my first website um, – and I was getting traffic. I didn't realize how powerful traffic was until we started to sell these things and, and do affiliate marketing. Once we understood that that it was a massively valuable asset, that leads me to where I am today with all my systems because it's all about conquering traffic, right? Um, because traffic is the biggest asset. And now, you know, it's conquering traffic that's targeted and relevant and things like that. So all of that obviously is is what led me to where I am today. But it wasn't what I started. You know, my first business was to be a wedding planner, right? And um, that never got off the ground. I never did one single wedding. I organized a lot of weddings because I sent the traffic to this company. So in, in inadvertently, I organized all these weddings. And there's all these wedding photos out there because of my traffic. Because uh, if I hadn't put that website up, they would have gone somewhere else, right? So there's kind of all these memories that people have as a result of me. Um, but... I don't know. I've never seen them or anything, right? I've never, they literally go through my website straight to them. But obviously, you know, that wasn't my business. And and another thing as well, I would just um, to give you one last final thought. Sometimes when you start a business as well, it changes so much over the first few months, that, like literally daily, right? And be prepared for that. Be flexible. Be, try not to be too rigid with your kind of like, you can be rigid with your with your overall dream, but don't be rigid with the process. You know, be inventive. Think of ways to, you know, reinvent the wheel and things like that because it's going to happen, right? Things always come your way and you've, you've got to be sort of open to receiving them. You've got to be open to... I was listening to something yesterday. I can't remember what it was. And it was saying Michael Jackson, someone asked him how he writes his songs and he says, he said, I don't know. I just sort of receive them, right? And obviously when you're running your business, if you're too narrow-minded, too focused... You might not receive the things that are actually going to, you know, come to you and save your business and, 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 and make the, you know, change. And it might be something that you weren't quite expecting, but it's exactly what your business needs, right? So you've got to be sort of open and ready to receive that. And, you've, and, to, and the way to do that really is to allow yourself to be flexible and see what's happening, see where your assets are, see where you can pivot. So, yeah, that's it for today's episode. Hopefully you've got some good value out of that. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode. If you are tired of paying for ads that do not deliver and you need to reach a super targeted audience, driving them direct to your products and services with free targeted evergreen traffic on Google and YouTube, then our gold membership is designed specifically to help you get results fast 
by claiming your first free Google Ads. Now, the great thing is, is that your first two weeks are completely free. To get started, head over to iservefirst.com. That's iservefirst.com. Links in the show notes. And you'll be able to start driving 100% free targeted traffic to your business today.